friend, this is Bruce Buxton. I am the Greybeard. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Greybeard podcast. Uh, as you have uh, well noticed, it's been quite some time since I uh, posted an episode of the Greybeard podcast. I think three months if we're if we're keeping track. But who's keeping track, right? Um, I'm committed to the podca- podcast. I want you to take a, a minute to uh, create a short episode that would kind of progress the conversation and move us in the direction that I want to go. Um, and I, I really appreciate you taking a listen. And uh, let's just say from the outset, if you find value in this, if it's something that is important to you, please share it with your friends, family, anybody you think would benefit from listening to the podcast. And at the same time, uh, if you have an opportunity to go to Apple Podcasts and to rate and review the podcast, that helps in getting a little bit more organic reach and making it available to more people. So uh, we a lot of things have changed since the last time we spoke. Um, social distancing, the COVID pandemic, uh, the uh, civil unrest all across the United States. If you're not in the United States, you may be aware that we've had some um, issues of, of uh, minority and race-related um, police brutality that have sparked some tremendous upheaval in our uh, social structure here in the United States, and lots of protesting, lots of uh, demands for uh, justice and for a re-examination of how our police um, do their work, especially when it relates to the minority populations in the country. It's been very sad to, to watch some of these events um, and energizing all at the same time. I, I love being in a country where we have the freedom to uh, protest and to ex- express opinions that may not be uh, popular with the majority of people. And uh, I'm really grateful that I live in a free country that allows that to happen. Um, the COVID-19 pandemic is provided us with a lot of things to think about, hasn't it? Um, Ideas about immunity, ideas about social distancing, ideas about how we do our work and when we do our work. All those things are kind of coming to the fore. We've uh, made a lot of changes, I think, in the three months since we started this pandemic. I haven't been on an airplane, actually, for over three months. It's been probably almost four months since I've been on an airplane, so... I've been able to get a lot of gardening done. My uh, yard looks better than it has in many years. Um, just a lot of interesting uh, things. We, My uh, son has returned home from a mission he's serving in Mexico. Um, he's a 21-year-old adult living at home and trying to make some money so he can move on to the next steps in his life. And my daughter had to come home early from her, her school at Utah State. And so all of a sudden, uh, my wife and I find ourselves no longer empty nesters, but uh, sharing the nest with a couple other immature adults that we love very much. Uh, We were sitting on the porch the other night uh, after uh, the the day was over, and uh, it just, I was just overwhelmed by the opportunity that that, uh, we have been given to be together in a way that we have not been together. Um, Even when these kids were in high school, when they were uh, younger teenagers, you know, they were always busy doing things, athletics and academics and work, and they're in and out, in and out, in and out. But with this pandemic, we're doing more social distancing, more staying at home, less eating out, those kinds of things. And um, it's provided us with some closeness and some togetherness. And 
Um, I think my kids have just really risen to the to the opportunity to deepen their relationship with each other and with us as their parents. So I, I can't be more grateful for the opportunity that this challenge or this, this, this trial of COVID-19 has provided for me as I live every day. I was talking to my barber today actually and it's just, uh, it's incredible how different this pandemic has, has been. Uh, you know, the conditions of the pandemic has been for, for everybody around the country and, and I speak mostly about the U.S. because that's what I'm familiar with but I know that that conditions around the world are also very varied but it's just amazing how they can vary from one person to the next in my case it's just provided a lot of opportunities for me some scary moments maybe um, some thoughts about maybe uh, having to find different employment or do different things but that hasn't panned out um, but still, mostly, almost entirely, opportunity for growth, opportunity to do things I haven't done in a while. And yet there are people in that same little town that I live in that um, have lost a job or struggling to pay a mortgage. Uh, feeding their family is a trial. Um, it's just uh, it's interesting how this has affected people in so many different ways. I, I am always keeping people in my thoughts and prayers and hoping that... Um, that everyone finds what they need to out of this trial and this challenge and that you, as we rise above the challenge, as we rise above the trial, we will find the, that we are growing in strength. Um, as you know, if you've listened to the podcast a few times, you'll know that, that I, I, started, I started this as an effort to be able to hear my own voice, to hear my voice in the podcast sphere, to listen to those things that are important to me and to say them in a way that, uh, that made me Feel like I was part of a community, and so the gray beard um, that I, that moniker that I have on the on the podcast, is a stand-in for um, later, you know, later middle age, uh, for a time where we uh, we are older, we're more established, we have uh, kind of settled a bunch of questions that we had in our in our minds, and we're in a position where we have a lot of complacency and satisfaction and and resources and everything that kind of puts us in a position where oftentimes we settle for the mediocrity, we settle for um, whatever life will give us because whatever life gives us is a lot better than what we had when we were younger. Um, and I think the premise I've always operated under is that if, if we look at it objectively that there's probably a lot of stress and a lot of dissatisfaction personally that comes from living a life like that. Um, I met a person recently who um, has a tremendous alcohol problem, and uh, this person, he, he had all the resources he needed in life, but his family had fallen apart, his health was poor, um, he was stressed at work, and uh, I think, um, I'm, not, I'm no medical doctor, I'm no counselor or psychologist, but it, it appeared to me that he used his alcohol to just escape from what he was feeling all the time. So I think there's a lot of ways to escape and a lot of ways to, to do things uh, that, that keep our mind off the fact that we want more and that we're I'm pretty unhappy settling for mediocrity, settling for uh, what could have been instead of what, what will be or what can be. And uh, if you follow along, uh, you'll know that I've, I've tried to kind of document my journey to a little bit more of a, of a place of abundance, a place of success, achievement. And um, I've decided to start that journey by increasing um, 
uh, importance, the level of importance I place on my health and what I, the fitness that I have physically. And um, I've met with varying success, but I'm, I'm happy to report, and one of the reasons I've decided to, to uh, take this little hiatus is because I wanted to work on a couple things that I was struggling with and find some answers so that I could share those answers with you. And I'm happy to report that I've had some real success um, with um, getting my health under control, with um, having lost a few pounds, quite a few pounds actually, in three months, more than I, more than I would have ever expected, without dieting and, uh, and without um, some huge expenditures of time and exercise. Um, and I find that that's kind of the key. I think throughout my life I have approached fitness and I think that starts with weight loss and you know, ends with muscle, gaining muscle and balance and all of those things that, that come with being healthy um, and strength. And um, I've always looked at that as an event. And I think what I did, what I've done and what I've started to do back starting on March 17th is I, I, I've changed my focus from having that be an event to having it, having the strength and the emotional strength to be able to say, look, I'm going to change the way I look at the world. I'm going to change my need to eat too much because I feel a lack of abundance, whatever that might be, or I feel stress, um, or uh, I want to control my environment. I'm going to change the way that I uh, approach each day uh, with exercise and make sure that I don't overdo it, don't injure myself, and I don't um, that I don't require too much of too much time of myself to make that happen and just say you know from now until the day I die I'm going to place an emphasis on on eating well on nourishing my body the way that it's supposed to be nourished and on moving more so eating less moving more that's kind of the, the bottom line so for me I've made that shift in my mind that says you know from now until the day I die I'm going to to just kind of give up the need uh, to self-medicate through using food and to also quit using excuses about how my body uh, needs to move in order to be strong and healthy. And so for a three-month period, I've been doing that where I've just been trying to eat less, trying to eat less junk, and I also have been uh, exercising without making it a, just a you know a federal case, you know, without making it this monumental effort where I have to spend an hour and a half a day or if I don't, then I'm going to beat myself up because I didn't do it. And I found great success this way. So um, I, as I thought a lot about it, I thought, you know, the reason that this is so hard for people our age or for people in that, that older set, and again, I'm 57. If you don't remember that, 57, it's a, uh, not young. It's not super old either, but it's at that awkward age where we need to be moving in, great, in good directions, but sometimes the, the fire's not lit. But uh, I find that at people, with people our age, it's important to recognize that there are two, two major things at, at play when it comes to changing our level of health and physical fitness. And those two things, I believe, and this is just my opinion, so you, know, you can develop your own opinion based on your experience, but maybe you could consider what I'm finding as well. And that is that the two major factors at play are metabolism and psychology. So let's just start talking about metabolism you know our as as we go through life and we get to be 50 40 50 60 years old 
our body has becomes habituated to the way that we treat it each and every day. And our systems that are super complicated, for instance, our hormone system, the Krebs cycle, our um, energetic system that we have, um, our gut flora even, um, becomes habituated to the way we treat our body. So when you make a change to that, your body wants to, to, to achieve homeostasis, which is just, you know, even keel, same old, same old. And so it does all kinds of different shenanigans to keep you at same old, same old all the time. And then metabolism resists change. So to some extent, we have to be aware that if you're going to change your metabolism and, and if, you're, if, you, if you're going to be more fit and more healthy, you have to, at some level, change your metabolism. Your body won't respond unless your metabolism is in sync with what you're trying to do. But to be able to change your metabolism it has to be stepwise. It has to be small incremental moves that don't put your body into a shock uh, or into a, a fight or flight kind of mode. Uh, think about a body who's, that's used to being fed all the time, all the time. You, know, you never have a break. You never, you never put it in a position where you don't eat something, right? You have meals at the same time all the time. And then you decide, well, I'm just not going to eat for three days. Imagine what that might do to your metabolism. And your body's going to hold on to all the weight that it's, uh, that it's uh, put, put up for storage for, you know, for a time when, there's no, uh, when, when it's cold or you know, whatever the evolutionary example might be. And, um, and it's going to resist letting go of that fat. It's going to resist uh, increasing strength because that's not homeostasis. That's not what it's used to. And so you put yourself in that position where it's a no-win situation. Okay, don't eat for three days. But then all of these things kind of fall out. You have these negative physical experiences as a result, and you don't lose any weight to boot. Or if you do lose weight, it comes right back in a matter of, a matter of days, um, what you might have lost in the first place. So you need to pay attention to metabolism and how your metabolism is uh, feeling about the changes you're making. And an incremental stepwise approach to metabolism change is important. There was a professor at Brigham Young University several years ago that wrote a book called The Weight Set Point. And his theory is that your body develops a set point for the amount of fat that it carries. And that set point is programmed into our cells. And that when we, when we try to change that, our body resists that set point, always goes back to that set point. So that if you, if you lose a few pounds, then you're gonna go right back to that same set point unless you change it in a meaningful way uh, based on uh, sound principles. And you can probably hear the wind is kind of kicking up. I'm in a beautiful park close to home, so I hope this isn't too, uh, too windy, but I wanted to go to a private place and just be able to look at nature while we were talking. Uh, so I hope, I hope this is not too distracting, but it is a beautiful thing for me to be here. The second thing I mentioned, you know, we have metabolism and then psychology. And psychology, to some extent, is the, the, the mind or mental version of that, of that same problem that, that uh, manifests with your metabolism. You have all of these psychological set points. You have these things going on that, uh, that your, your psychology or your mind is habituated to, and changing those things is a, is a real shock to the system. So you need to recognize that you need to change your psychology. So just a, a couple of ways that I want to throw out there to change your metabolism is to eat less and move more. And to do that slowly and carefully and in a stepwise approach. If you, if you work up to those things, if you eat less, just a little less. What I started doing was 
um, uh, you know, the, the first, the easiest thing to do would was to exchange uh, uh, unhealthy breakfast for healthy breakfast. So make sure that the calories that went in during breakfast were not, uh, say, McDonald's uh, hash browns, and make sure that, that they had the potential. Maybe they were yogurt, or <laughs> maybe those calories were a, a whole wheat piece of toast, or something like that. But to make sure that I put, I, I decided, made a decision not to to uh, put unhealthy things in my body first thing in the morning and the second thing I did was just to dish up a little less at night when when I had my evening meal so just a third less that's all it takes a third less I, I know I could do more I know what I could do is I could cut out all the pasta or breads or anything like that that I ever eat but I I think that that's too much too fast maybe someday I'll get there maybe that's a, in my future but for right now, eating a third less at dinner has made a big difference. And I think it's helped me to, to keep my body um, from freaking out about the changes that I'm asking it to make. So those are, that, that's a, uh, those are a couple things uh, physically in the eating part of it. And then when you're exercising, instead of, instead of throwing uh, an hour and a half at it, instead of saying, oh, gosh, I gotta, I've got to you know, sweat like a dog, you know, do small things. Maybe um, the thing I started doing for the first month is I took um, every other hour or so I'd just do 10 squats or I'd do some push-ups. And I got, I've gotten to the point also where I'll, I'll run a, a long, slow run on Saturday morning and not hurt myself, not um, get out there to the point where I'm feeling like, gosh, I'm, I'm almost dead. You know, just enjoy the run. You know, don't go so fast that it hurts. Go fast enough that you're moving more. And eventually, what I've done is I've added some hurt to that. You know, I've added some resistance training, and I've added some interval, interval runs that are a little bit more taxing. But they don't feel like such a heavy lift um, after you've gone this little stepwise approach and maybe uh, done five sets of, of ten squats during your workday. So um, I think that's, in, in, on the metabolism side, those are some, some tips that I wanted to, to leave with you. The psychology side, I think, is, is very similar to that. I, mean, I think one of the imp most important things is you need to see yourself psych psychologically, in your mind, in your vision, the way that you see yourself. You need to see yourself as a fit version of who you are. And you need to see that in your mind's eye. You need to look in the mirror and tell yourself, I'm a fit, healthy 57-year-old. I'm a fit, healthy 57-year-old. Do that you know, three, four, or five times every single day. And spend a few minutes just closing your eyes and seeing yourself as a fit, healthy person the way you are. And then, and then once you've done that, you know, then, then you're, you're kind of changing the way that you see yourself internally. You can't change anything on the outside unless you change something on the inside first. You know, the, the dream is the seedling of reality. The vision is the seedling of reality. You cannot... I defy you to, to find anything that was ever created on this, on this earth that wasn't first a thought. And it defies logic to think that you can change something as fundamental as the way, you, that you are, the way your health is and the way that you are physically without first having a vision of what that might be. So those are a couple of, of tips I want to give you here. Pay attention to, to metabolism and pay attention to your psychology. Uh, think about those things. Think about how you can change them in a stepwise approach, and uh, and then and and let's have a discussion. I'd sure love to talk to you if you if you want to email me. My email address is bruce.gillette.buxton. That's G-I-L-L-E-T-T-E, -T -T -E, like the razor, 
um, at gmail.com or you can DM me on both Facebook and, uh, and on LinkedIn um, if you'd like to have a conversation that way. So if there's any way I can help in discussing and you know, helping you to kind of understand what it is that you're trying to accomplish, please uh, contact me in any, any of those ways. Um, I, again, I've, I've kind of threatened to change my format, change the way I'm doing things for quite some time. I'm still looking for that opportunity. I've got a couple interviews coming up that I think you'll be interested in, but more or less I'm going to get back at it here, so look for more episodes coming in the future. I really uh, appreciate all of those who stuck with me and who are listening, and I uh, would greatly appreciate it if you helped me get the message out a little bit. So for now, for today, this is uh, the Graybeard, and, uh, and I am uh, going to go back to work, and I hope you can too. We'll talk soon. Ciao.